We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel, co-host of the Overtime Podcast and also co-owner of Rotoviz. And Sean, we're going to kick things off today with a, a little bit of a special for the listeners. We did mention at the end of the show, the last day, that you had said that there was a five dollar discount to uh, anyone signing up at the site, plus the ten percent discount that we normally have for being a, a podcast listener here but we are bumping that up for the the next week it is going to be the five dollars off for anyone without the code but you'll also get an extra five percent so 15 percent off on top of uh, the normal price so to repeat that again it's five dollars off plus 15 percent off the uh, the road of his pass and that gets you access to all of the content up on rotaviz.com it brings you pretty much to this point next season so it pretty much cover you for all of the 2022 content up on the website the tools and, and everything going through the draft get you set up for dynasty uh, and into the season and much much more but sean a great offer you mentioned at the end of the last uh, show that it's a good kind of stocking stuffer to get it for your friends or your your family who are interested in fantasy football but you've uh, you've bumped it up another notch with an additional five percent off so i think i think the the people time to jump in and, and take the plunge if they haven't already signed up for rotaviz.com yeah when i was talking with dave cabin and if anybody is has just any questions about how to make it work for them whatever your particular situation is if you're buying for a brother a father a sister a daughter anything like that and you want to make sure that you're getting the information in there correctly you can email us at rotaviz main at gmail.com dave answers the emails he also manages the subscriptions and so he'll be able to help you out with that but when i was chatting with dave we just thought it'd be nice to do a little bit something extra for our loyal podcast listeners we've just had such a great season with you all we appreciate you being with us 
throughout the week and leaving those great reviews for us. All that's so appreciated. We wanted to give something back there. And so it makes it a pretty good deal. Our friend and one of the coolest voices in the industry, Peter Overset, when I was on Ship Chasing recently, he was kind enough to refer to Rotoviz as the best deal in the industry. Well, now, uh, Ben and I were joking last night, we're not 100% sure what it gets to, but it's, it's like almost free, right? And so a pretty good deal. We, we think that you'll like it. It's exciting for us to be able to make this offer during Christmas time. As you mentioned, it will take you through to next year. It gets us going with all the great prospect stuff. We're about ready to have the pre-order available for the rookie guide. So that is exciting too. If you're looking for that rookie guide as a possible gift, make sure you check back over the next couple of days. I know Curtis Patrick is working on that and we should have it available Obviously, just you know, so much going on here at Christmas time. But if you didn't get enough from Andre Stevenson, if you didn't get enough Pat Fryermuth, you're looking for some of those things. Uh, number one, check out Travis May's work on the site. That's another thing the subscription will give you. Travis, just uh, I think the best mind in the industry, and just obviously very knowledgeable, very informed about all of these college guys, the prospect guru almost without compare. And so get in there. He's got his top 100 countdown going right now. I have a lot of those guys as a result of Travis. And I'm very thankful every time that Fryermuth goes out there, has the three, four, five catches, scores a touchdown. Now, unfortunately, Colin, he was injured in a play in a game last week, kind of cut his fantasy quarterfinal off in the middle when he was really the only thing that the Steelers had going on there. So that was unfortunate. The other kind of bad news in a week that's been full of news that we wouldn't necessarily say is great. Uh, you and I did a fairly significant segment on Tuesday's show about Marquez Valdez scaling. And then by the time you had it posted, you know, he's testing positive for COVID. So hopefully he recovers as, as soon as possible, only misses the one game here. Hopefully his teammates were not in contact with him when he, when he had it and or are more or less protected and so we'll go clean we've had the really unfortunate development with the Kansas City Chiefs where their players and their key players appear to be uh, set to miss what I mean a game that could have really given them control for the number one seed and Ben and I were talking on stealing bananas about MVPs Colin you and I have been talking about MVPs Patrick Mahomes forcing himself back into that conversation if he could go out a little bit like Aaron Rodgers against the Arizona Cardinals earlier this season, if he can go out without his stars and win that game, which against the Steelers team that's challenged to pick up a first down, it is definitely possible, but that would pull him back into the mix with a group that really does just seem like it's Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Cup, and Jonathan Taylor at this point. But yeah, as we go through this week, it was frustrating last night. The Seahawks played well. We're recording this Wednesday morning. They played well, with the exception of forgetting to cover Cooper Cup at the goal line. His second score was just one of those plays that is almost unstoppable. Such a great pass, such a great catch. The first one, you're watching, we're like, that zone coverage has to take into consideration that Cooper Cup is just going to run across the goal line. What are you guys doing there? You can't play a great game. And this was a game, too, that the officials just simply robbed the Seahawks, right? You have a phantom pass interference on Cooper Cup that keeps a key Rams drive going. And there's just absolutely nothing there. I mean, there's no possible way to have seen a flag and then a flagrant pass interference on a fourth down that was not called and that ended a key Seahawks drive. So given that they're the weaker team, this was a good game by the Seahawks. I think 
I mean, there were some situations where Tyler Lockett not playing was helpful for us in terms of advancing. That's not really the way you want to advance, right? You want to advance because your players outscored their team's players, not because their team's players weren't there. And so Lockett wasn't available. We know there's probably going to be more of that this week, but hopefully it can be minimized as much as possible. But Colin, even with those disappointments, lots of other cool stuff happened in week 15. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was uh, some of the the stars didn't um, you know have big games in in week fifteen, but let's uh, look forward to week sixteen. Let's hope that happens. It's gonna be interesting as well. Obviously, with the it's a very interesting schedule. I guess we'll say over I guess the last week with having the two games on Monday, two games on Tuesday. There is a Thursday night football game this week. There is two games on Saturday, which is on the Christmas Day schedule. Then we have the Sunday games and, and a Monday night football. And and let's hope we're not in a situation come next Monday and Tuesday where while it was fun to have the extra games progressing throughout the week, um, obviously we don't want to see games be moved um, because of you know concerns for player safety or health and things like that. So hopefully we have no real alterations as the week goes on. And Sean did mention the Chiefs. Hopefully nothing gets any worse there. And, and hopefully some of those guys might be able to test back in to play this weekend and we did talk about mvs sean uh, on that I, I i edit the show on a tuesday once we finish up to get it posted as soon as possible due to the the time we record and uh i edited that posted that jumped in the shower and by the time i got out of the shower that news had broke so um that's happened to us a couple of different times where news has broke shortly after we've recorded but um you know that's that's part of the the business uh, in terms of fantasy football podcast the the one part i'm always jealous of shows or podcasts that have you know series where it's not related to uh, an ongoing weekly change um is you know podcasts that can have evergreen content forever uh, whereas we produce shows every week and and like sean was saying sometimes 10 minutes after they post it can be can be out of date but um still outside of this one week hopefully uh, if, if mvs does miss out the the conversation we had will still be very very valid sean we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, you mentioned some of the stuff, including the MVP discussion, which I find very interesting, along with Ben on Stadium Bananas. Something else that I think uh, we'll, we'll kind of just tease the listeners with it, but you did talk about projecting the 2022 first round in terms of ADP, and it is something that is in your Monday piece up on the website this week. But a lot of good conversation back and forth between yourself and Ben as to what you know should those guys go there and then are you drafting them at that value basically so it was a very interesting conversation i'd recommend when the listeners have finished up on this one if they haven't already heard stealing bananas from the wednesday edition to head back and listen to that there will be a 
Friday edition coming your way also. So do check them out. Great stuff as always from Ben and Sean. On today's show, Sean, we are going to talk about, when I teased this on, on Tuesday's show, we're going to talk about some kind of younger wide receivers who maybe haven't had the seasons that people were hoping in terms of their ascension or, or forward movement kind of draft time, but have really had it over the last couple of weeks. And I'll let you decide which we're going to talk about first, but we do have the options um, around Christian Kirk, uh, Gabriel Davis, Amon St. Brown, and Russell Gage. So four very strong performances this week, but have been been pretty good over the last couple of weeks. Uh, who, who do you want to head on first? Yeah, well, Ben and I talked a lot about the Cardinals, so if people are interested in them, that's kind of one of our obsessions with Kyler Murray, Rondell Moore, James Conner, all of those guys. It, one Green. of the most dynamic, right, AJ Green, <laughs> one of the most dynamic teams and most fantasy relevant teams, and a team that definitely is in flux despite the strong play they've had through most of the season before kind of a, a second meltdown game this past week. Talked a lot about Christian Kirk in that. There's some cool information in the article and on the site about his target location. You can go in and play with that by clicking on his page in the NFL player stat explorer really cool tool has lots of other stuff as well but you can go in and look at where he's been targeted and compare that to his previous seasons it'll open some eyes i think in terms of what the cardinals are doing some cool stuff there but let's jump into gabriel davis right this is one that has just been mystifying right and you know we get the the news this morning that emmanuel sanders is perhaps practicing ahead of week 16 and, and what will that mean for everything well, I mean, hopefully it doesn't mean that they use Davis less, right? I mean, here's a guy who he averaged just over 12 points per game across his last six games last year as a rookie, 89% snap rate during that time. Over the first nine weeks of 2021, he plummets to three points per game on a 37% snap share. It's mind-boggling, right? I mean, you have this guy who's an ascending rookie who was an undervalued prospect. You hit on a prospect and then you're like, no, no, let's let's go with somebody who catches passes at two yards across the field or someone who was good back in 2013. I mean, that's not the way to deal with the defensive adjustments that you're having to face, right? So it wasn't until week 14 that he played serious snaps, 82% there. We've had some minor dings to Cole Beasley, to Emmanuel Sanders that have sort of gradually created some opportunity for him. Now, his big breakout happens this week, but it has been on the horizon, right? Over the last six weeks, he's scored more points than Beasley and Sanders combined. Now, when you go off for five catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns on 135 air yards in week 15, that's going to help those numbers, but it would have been the case even without that. So we're looking at a situation now where Davis has 12 career receiving touchdowns on 108 targets. Colin, I think this is very similar to the secondary receivers that we saw uh, throughout the early portion of Aaron Rodgers' career where you're like, okay, this guy is the wide receiver one. We know that he's going to be a big impact in fantasy. But the number two, the number three, any given week, those guys could go off for a big game and they could score touchdowns. And so our philosophy as fantasy players is not to be searching for these guys who just kind of get you across the line or occasionally they score. But at the same time, we know that there are injuries this year, obviously, and last year, kind of a unique situation where things beyond injuries will eliminate players. You need to have a very, very deep bench. So even though Davis isn't necessarily our target, because again, I mean, we want to have six of the top 15 receivers this year on our main event that did so well. 
Um, and actually, it's like borderline still in the mix after one week. You know, it had four of the top five wide receivers. Gabriel Davis doesn't get into that lineup, but if you're thinking best ball or you prefer to have a running back heavy start, then he's somebody who seemingly would have been a good play this year, should have been a good play, hasn't been, but could now have a pretty big fantasy playoff impact. Yeah, definitely. He's somebody who we did we did talk a lot about at the end of last season, heading into this season, and I um, did acquire him in, in quite a few dynasty leagues this off season. Um, it, it was kind of baffling the way the you know the the snap share and uh, the points per game. Obviously, the points per game taking the hit mainly because he wasn't on the field, and um, so that wasn't uh, very beneficial. But over the last couple of weeks, a major bump to that, and you mentioned Sanders potentially being back. On the other side of that, Cole Beasley will be on the, the COVID list for this game. So that leans to still should have uh, quite a good opportunity. But he has looked like, you know, we love Stefan Diggs, but he has sh- kind of outshone Stefan Diggs over the last two weeks in particular. And um, I believe he has four touchdowns over the last three games. So he's looking kind of at this point with like we probably thought he was going to start the season. Um, so it's taken a while to get going, but at the moment... It, I can't see any reason that the Bills would be trying to phase him into a lesser role than he has. Um, but like, I wasn't expecting that at the start of the season either. So I'm I'm still expecting big things. I was hoping we were going to see that happen from the start of the season, but I actually had one league where I, I did start him in the, the playoffs this past week. So that worked out, um, but I'm hoping it's going to work out moving forward here, but has a good connection with um, Alan as well. Um, and I'm always a little bit apprehensive when somebody has like, you know, looks like it's all all systems go and then it, it drops off like it has here and then it picks back up. Like we could go into next season and the exact same thing could happen. But uh, Davis's peripherals um, are something to be excited about. Well, you mentioned being a little bit nervous about it dropping off. And there's a little bit of like a Traquan Smith element to these big games where you're like, okay, the number two here you've got a good quarterback, you have the explosion, and then quiet. But the difference is just that Gabriel Davis was good right away as a rookie and has been a little more consistent when the Bills have let him play, whereas the Saints were desperate for Traquan to perform and he just wasn't getting the the job done. So hopefully if you're playing Davis this week, I also have a league where uh, I was able to get through in Dynasty injuries, had taken out the people I wanted to play. Davis had to move into the lineup. He got the job done, moved on to the next week. you know, as we are at this time of the year, Ben and I have a big league where we'll be playing against Davis the next couple of weeks and we could use him to do poorly. So you just find the silver line and he either wins for you or he loses for your opponent. But he's a very relevant player as we get to this juncture. Call him another very relevant player and a real bright spot for a Detroit Lions team that has had a rough season. And yet, unlike some other teams that are struggling, appears to be very definitely going in the right direction as an organization and appears to very definitely have the head coach to take him to that next level. But that receiver would be Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Here's a guy who was drafted outside the first 100 picks, had a lot of question marks on his prospect profile, but also went into college as an absolute star, one of the very top recruits in his class, and then was solid at USC has some athleticism. He's probably a secondary receiver. It, you know, we're into a time frame, and it's never been completely the case that you had to be 
uh, a Calvin Johnson or a Julio Jones type player to be the superstar. We've had Marvin Harrison's in the past and that kind of thing. We're into a time period where smaller receivers can definitely have a role and have a big role. I would say that St. Brown is still looking at being a number two, but now you've got a situation with this Lions offense where if they could somehow find number one and that kind of thing, obviously easier said than done. We saw some teams take guys very high in this year's draft. And even though, you know, there have been peaks and valleys, it looks like Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith will all pay off for those squads. But if, if the Lions could get a number one here, then they suddenly would have an offense with whoever that person is, St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and then the young QB that they add, I think would have to be pretty excited, right? So we look at this leaderboard here. So St. Brown breaks out with his first big performance in week 13. And then over the last three, he scored almost 64 points. So has been a big help to fantasy managers during this crucial juncture. Uh, he's been efficient, right? A 1.15 air conversion. He's been the focal point of the offense. You've got this a weighted opportunity rating above 7 or above 0.7, which is extremely high. Colin, these numbers aren't sustainable, but they do give us a sense of what he has accomplished during this stretch. And anytime that you get a rookie making a move now, you start to feel excited for them. And unlike the Bills, it's kind of hard to see a scenario where the Lions would have so much talent that next year they de-emphasize him with the way that the Bills de-emphasized Gabriel Davis. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it'll they'll move away from him, you know, next year. This this Lions team is going to take quite a while to build unless they make some sort of splashes in free agency. Obviously, the that that kind of jump also coincides, and this could be more coincident, but coincides with um DeAndre Swift's injury, which happened against the Bears in the week previous. So um starting off the season, so far the season is 65 receptions for 600 yards and two touchdowns. Those two touchdowns did come in the last three games. He does have 26 receptions in that time as well so prior to that you know he had one game against the vikings previously with seven receptions but outside of that nothing compared to the weeks he's had in the last three weeks we are seeing a situation where hawkinson is out for the rest of the season swift we'll see if he comes back and and can have an impact but in terms of this offense you're kind of looking at, at josh reynolds in there so we're looking at players who he may not be know the, the wide receiver won next year but if he isn't it's likely going to be somebody in free agency or somebody through the draft so there's still going to be those opportunities it's not going to be a case where he becomes the number four overnight and i think he's showing enough here that he, he could be quite interesting heading into 2022 but when we look at the, the lions offense in general anyone with i think decent talent who's able to convert those opportunities that they get is going to to really stand out because it is an offense outside of Hawkinson and um, Hawkinson and Swift that is kind of bereft of, of talent. But if we get a, a young quarterback in there, that can be very exciting. But we have seen with the young quarterbacks that have come out of the draft this year, even the guys that we were very excited about, it's been very much uh, growing pains for some of those guys. So that that might also be be a concern. But I, I've been very impressed since that Vikings game. He caught that kind of walk-off touchdown to to win the game um i think things like that as well are going to you know you see dan campbell talking after these games and i think things like that are things that are going to affect a head coach like him you know those emotional responses in a positive way so yeah i think he's he's quite interesting he's also the they're a unique family of names uh 
equanimous and brian that's on the packers is also a, a brother so uh, i had fun one time when when equanimous uh, was drafted with the packers going through <laughs> going through the family history for the, the different names of the family which was quite quite interesting if you want to go down a rabbit hole but um yeah st brown looking looking pretty good here yeah he looks great and Colin, on the opposite side of the equation we have uh russell gage right a veteran who is kind of known for being one of the least exciting players in the nfl and someone who only makes a contribution when the Falcons have nobody else to pass to, or if they've got a lot of guys out there that he can be this third, fourth receiver who does a little bit of possession work. And that's the reputation this week. At the very least, it was not remotely deserved because Russell Gage was out there making big plays, right? His 20 yard catch was one of the best touchdowns you'll see all season. He and a lot of the Falcons, I, I mean, I haven't been very impressed with what the Falcons have done this year, even with, the development of Cordero Patterson and the coaching staff, the front office, all of those folks deserve a lot of credit for giving him an opportunity, unlocking the obviously immense talent that he does have. A lot of coaches and a lot of good coaches have not done that in the past. So the Falcons have done some good things. Uh, they're still a team that feels very vanilla and not a team that's fun to watch, not a team that feels like it's really going anywhere anytime soon. And yet they are competing, right? And they fought in this one. And you see Russell Gage, and what he did in this one, and it hasn't been just this week, right? Weeks 1 through 12, his target share is just below 11%. He's catching 66% of his passage, which isn't great when you're only being targeted seven yards down the field. He was very negative in terms of expected points added from a reality perspective. And then the last three weeks, he's posted a 30% target share. His passes have been deeper by more than two yards, and yet his catch percent has jumped to 79, right? And so, again, we can look at these things and say this is a little bit of a fluke that he stretched these games together here. They could have sequenced differently. And yet at the same time, I mean, you've got to give him credit. He's played very well, and he's a piece that the Falcons desperately need as, you know, little by little trying to work Kyle Pitts in. Obviously, I don't think it was a great situation for him to lose Calvin Ridley because now as you're trying to learn the NFL and you're trying to make your way, you're suddenly also the defensive focal point. I mean, that's that's not – that's not great, right? It's not ideal for him. He's been a disappointment as a fantasy player ever since that little stretch earlier in the season where he got hot for a couple of games. The Falcons need someone like Gage, and he's really answered the call. Yeah, I, I mentioned this to you before we started recording that like I, I'm on board with your opening comments there on, on Russell Gage, but some of these catches um, this week and, and some very, very good ones the week prior to, but some of the catches this week against the 49ers were absolutely incredible, as you mentioned there um not somebody that i have on many of my rosters i know there was the conversation earlier this off season with julio jones no longer being on the falcons would that open up opportunities for russell gage and obviously i i was quite positive on uh calvin ridley's situation heading into the the season you mentioned not being impressed with um the falcons in general i would very much agree with that outside of what we've seen from uh, Cardrell Patterson and obviously that didn't really work out this past week but he has been uh, a superstar for anyone that has him on their rosters but um, obviously we know now that Calvin Ridley has been out since the kind of midpoint of the season um, and you know hopefully he's you know getting things uh, on track with himself but in terms of Russell Gage 
it didn't really click for him when that happened. It took a lot longer, and it's really been up until week 13 where that really kicked off, where he's basically traveled, trebled his uh, overall target share, and that he's increased his ADOT, um, and he's definitely increased his efficiency as well in that time. So in the first 12 weeks of the season, just the 66 points, and in the last basically three weeks of the season, 55.5. So he has, he has taken a real jump forward. I don't think that while I, you know, I talk about davis and st brown i feel like st brown's is something that we're working forward and i think you know if most trade de- deadlines and and most leagues are going to pass in dynasty at this point but if you have opened um leagues where the, you can still make trades i think he is somebody to go out and try and acquire i also think that he's probably going to continue to get a, a high target volume with hawkinson being out so he's somebody i think that value could increase i think if you do have russell gage on your rosters i don't know sean if you'll agree but he is somebody who I would be looking to to move on from at the end of the season or potentially sell high on um, at this point. Whereas Corey, or sorry, Gabriel Davis is somebody who I'd be very much still trying to acquire and, and get on to my rosters. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that. If I was, you know, ranking these guys of who I, who I want to have shares of for twenty twenty two, it'd be Davis and St. Brown and Gage is still even with the success. Probably somebody I'm not trying to have on rosters do you think that's a bit harsh and gauge or do you think that's right well it's going to depend a lot on your particular roster i think with gauge he's been so good these last couple of weeks and he has had some flashes in the in the past to where i don't know that there's that big a difference between i mean they play different roles i don't want to give the impression that they're the same player stylistically or from a route perspective, but I don't know there's that much difference between a Russell Gage and a Marvin Jones, for example. I don't mean the 2021 version of Marvin Jones, who, like everybody else who has to play for the Jaguars, has been ruined by what they're doing, but Marvin Jones kind of coming into the season where he'd had a variety of good seasons as a number two or a number three. I mean, Russell Gage is going to work best in a situation where he's playing off of somebody else, even in this situation right now where they don't have another wide receiver. I mean, he's playing off of Kyle Pitts and off of the defensive attention that Pitts gets. But, I mean, here's someone who does have this possession element. And so in the right offense, he could have a decent floor for you. And then now he's demonstrating that he can make some plays. And so you're going to have some of these splash performances every once in a while. I tend to structure the roster so that there's not a lot of space for floor-type plays at wide receiver. There's not a lot of space for players who – I mean, I, I prefer to have people with a very wide range of outcomes as opposed to someone who is in a place in their career where it's unlikely that they really elevate someone who is at his age and performance level isn't what I'm trying to do. And you know, at the same time, if someone told me that he's actually a very good last spot on your roster type of guy for the next three or four years, that also wouldn't surprise me. And so there are some situations you know, where it's easy to get caught up in taking players with such a wide range of outcomes that almost all of those outcomes, even though it's wide, are zero, right? You don't want to get caught in a situation where you're using five, six, seven spots on speculative players who really don't have value. And so if you have a little bit too much of that, taking someone like a gauge and making sure you can get through the fantasy playoffs, because if we've seen anything this week, I mean, I have a, a team in a league run by John Solis of the Solis Report, who, I mean, he rebooted the Road of His Dynasty League a couple of years ago. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, as is always the case when you win, there's been some very good fortune in my direction where 
I have won the last two years. I do have a good roster, but I'm missing like seven starters. And so I do think I went down in flames this past week. And that roster kind of moved in the direction where it was a lot of stars and scrubs based on how the moves that I made over the last couple of years to continue to push for the very top end. And, you know, this thing that you can do sometimes, I, I think that it's actually more for me personally, the only times I get kind of sucked in to making trades that are probably not good in the long term or when I'm defending titles as opposed to when I'm trying to win titles. So, you know, you want to go back to back. You want to go back to back to back. You see guys get hurt. You make some moves that you know could come back to haunt you. You're hoping you can get out of those players. And then you're looking at it and you're like, how did I think I was going to get back out of Ezekiel Elliott? Um, <laughs> but so then you're looking at it and you're thinking, you know what I could have really used this week is Russell Gage. And so uh, there are going to be situations where even dominant teams could use some more depth at the key moments. Now, don't get yourself caught in a situation unnecessarily where you had an option for depth and you didn't take it. Yeah, it seems like uh, you're sending with seven players missing on your roster. So if you need a wide receiver eight, that's where you're <laughs> slotting in, uh, slotting in Russell well, I mean, missing Lamar Jackson, missing a couple of running backs, missing like four wide receivers, missing TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller. I mean, Russell Gage isn't going to cover all of those things, <laughs> but he'll give you one more person to where maybe you could get lucky. I mean, one of the things that we're trying to do, I mean, you think about some of the teams that made it through, and this isn't to say that these teams were bad, but you look at our league this week, and Colin, the most exciting thing that happened this week, and we've kind of been you know, trying to hold it a little bit, but we did advance in the FFPC Best Ball $100,000 tournament. We are in the final 48. One of the other three teams that advanced in our league this week was a team that had Brandon Cooks and Russell Gage, right? And so, I mean, there are going to be situations where not only do those guys come through, and Brandon Cooks is a higher-profile player, obviously, than Gage, but he's on a bad team. He's had the concussion history. I mean, there were some very real reasons why Brandon Cooks was available late, and he was available late, right? Sometimes those guys can come through. And so you do want to have as much talent and as much depth on these teams. Now, in this particular format that we're talking about, you basically drafted 18 guys. You were set with that. You couldn't make any moves. And so you had to be confident in Cooks engaged to start the season. And that worked out here where Cooks engaged. Their prices to their scoring in the key week 15 were fantastic. And so that team is moving along with us. We'll hope we can outscore them next week. We don't know, obviously if we'll be in the same league with them again with the new the four new leagues that are randomly generated. But yeah, I, when a player plays as well as Russell Gage did this past week, I think it's just nothing but credit that we can give to him. And he was I'm calling he was just so good. I, I couldn't believe how well he played. He was I, I going couldn't up in believe the air. It. I mean making plays on the ball like there's one of the catches he catches like and holds on to it as he's like slammed into the ground, like on his back and just holds on to it. Just like Looks like something like Calvin Johnson out there. Yeah, when you have a, a play where a guy appears to elevate by about 40 inches and then he's off balance and has to make a play on the ball in the air controlling his body, he's hit by the defensive back and has to play through the contact in the air. And then he comes down and has to play through the contact of the ground in the end zone in a high-pressure situation. That's a good play, right? So... I definitely give him credit for the good plays where, where I would hesitate in terms of I was about moving him on if you had him in terms of those last three weeks I did some quick calculations now my, the first calculation is very easy it was um, 
four seasons he has played in the NFL. So I, I divided that by two touchdowns, which was 25%. So that was very easy match. But the second one was his career receiving yards and the receiving yards over the, the last three weeks would work out at 12% of his career over the last four years. So 12% mightn't seem like a lot, but when you think about all the games he's played, it's a, a pretty big chunk. So, so you're saying he's not as good as Marvin Jones? He's not not as good as Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones and his seasons was having like 48 touchdowns per season when he was with the Bengals. Yeah, I in my mind, Marvin Jones is always going to be well. Marvin Jones is good, and Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones is the guy who scores four touchdowns a couple of times a season. Yeah, which is really only valuable in best ball, but it's valuable, <laughs> right? Maybe that comes in week sixteen. Maybe a team that we face in the semifinals will have gotten through with Marvin Jones and this will be the week that Trevor Lawrence takes off and throws for 400 yards almost all of that to Marvin Jones who catches 370 yard touchdowns and well we'll just have to hope to beat the other two teams if that's uh if that's the question yeah just looking at Marvin Jones when you mentioned it that 2013 season where he had 80 targets, 51 receptions for 10 touchdowns. So <laughs> touchdown every five passes was that was the season I was thinking of. But yeah, um Marvin Jones is I think is is probably better than I give him credit for. But that is gonna take us towards the end of today's show. Sean did mention at the start again the uh promotional offer if you want to sign up for a road of his NFL pass. It's normally 10% off, but for the holidays it is 15% off. And at the moment on the site, there is also a bonus five dollars off the current subscription so you can save yourself that five dollars plus the 15 percent. get yourself set up for 2022 with a rotavis nfl pass no better time than now to sign up get yourself that savings as well as a great nfl pass to rotavis.com gets you access to all of our content and tools and once again that promo code is rv radio 2021 any questions around it do feel free to reach out to dave and you can contact him through rotaviz main at gmail.com that is m-a-i-n and of course sean we want to thank our listeners i know some people probably listen to the tuesday show and they'll probably be listening to the third show of the week and we'll probably say something similar but uh, a big thank you to all of our listeners who have stayed with us throughout this season we've been rolling now for i believe three seasons uh, that we have kind of in the books at this point but thanks to everyone who, who tunes in i hope you all have a a safe and happy and healthy time over the the next couple of weeks here and heading into 2022 uh, we do really appreciate everyone who who does listen in the other thing that i wanted to mention is some people do reach out when i mention about uh, leaving um written reviews i know usually it's apple Podcasts that the reviews are left on but uh, news this week that spotify have opened up the ability to leave ratings and reviews on spotify so if you use spotify if you could drop us a written interview on the road of his overtime podcast page and and if the other road of his podcast when you're there we would much appreciate that as well as we continue to grow the audience here on road of his radio we'll be back with another show on saturday if you are lucky enough that may drop potentially on friday it may drop a little bit earlier depending on when um when things are posting on the channel but we will be back with that third show of the week best of luck this week in your fantasy football matchups and uh, again as always have a good one
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.